All right, guys, welcome to another edition of the NC Fit Collective Podcast. I'm here with a good friend and longtime employee of NC Fit, Brett Davis. Brett came to us from Wells Fargo, had a previous background in a number of things sales related. And one of the things we want to talk about today is a sales and marketing focus. Currently or previously, he was helping us with all of our uh, commercial gym operations. He's now helping us on some of the consulting side, some of the NC Fit Collective side, while still running sales and marketing for our new locations. So, Brett, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. We're going to be doing a, what do you think, a 24-minute 20, AMRAP on sales and marketing, especially with our newest location we just opened. You know, we're, we're kind of practicing what we preach. We're going to just share what we did with our new Campbell location and the success we've seen, and we could talk about it today. Does 24 minutes sound good to you? It works for me. All right. Well, we're going to start this one off in three, two, one, and 24 minutes. Here we go. All right, Brett. So you've been with us for years now. We've opened up several locations together. We've done multiple different things. But with the new location, let's let's talk specifically about Campbell. And let's not talk about hypotheticals. You know, there's people out there giving business advice who sometimes talk about hypotheticals. We want to talk about actuality, right? Mm-hmm. Like we we just opened a new location. Today's May, what, 6th, 7th. Mm-hmm. And we opened up on May 1st, right? Mm-hmm. It was our first day. So can I talk us through kind of big picture what we did and I could kind of shine some light on some of the back end stuff but from a sales and marketing perspective what are some of the things we've done and 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 why yeah I mean I think the biggest thing when it comes to you know the success of a of a strategic sales plan is having a game plan and executing you know a lot of people will come up with a game plan but then they fall short of execution you know we always hear the famous saying of you know the top 1% of sales people make the most money uh, out of the entire sales organization, it's because only 1% is willing to actually go out and execute. So first and foremost, with the Campbell location and the locations that we've done in the past, such as Stevens Creek, you know, I think we've been pretty successful in essentially putting our money where our mouth is and going out, meeting local businesses, businesses that are within a one to two mile radius, uh, providing door hangers to local apartment complexes, which has actually produced a decent return for us at a very cheap cost. So, um, you know, I think with the sales strategy, my, my number one recommendation, if you're not comfortable with it is, is fake it till you make it. And (laughs) yeah, I'm saying that because I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been in sales. You get a door shut in your face, you get hung up on that that shit hurts, yeah. you know? And I mean, it's a little bit of a dagger. Obviously, the more that it happens, it's happened to me more than, I mean, I can even count. Right. Um, it, it stings a little bit, right? But by by going through this, the strategy and the plan that you put forth to begin with and understanding that you are going to be hit with a lot of different resistance right. is, to me, the most important thing. Well, now, let's talk about that for a little bit. So both of us have a background in sales. Mm-hmm. So you and I both sold memberships at a conventional health clubs at a very young age, right? Mm -hmm. I did it um, in college and actually so did you. And so, you know, we're used to kind of getting um, these different reasons why someone can't sign up. And Mm -hmm. so we got a lot of practice in sales before we got to this point. And so uh, one of the questions, so there's two things I wanna ask you about. One is obviously, you know, any strategy is only as good as the execution. So we we wanna talk about that. But the other one, before we get there, let's talk briefly about you know, a lot of people want to think about paying for leads, okay? Mm-hmm. So in Campbell, we used several different tactics, and we're still doing some. Meeting with local businesses, apartment complexes, right? Uh, door hangers, simple. Um, obviously, uh, referrals from our previous members, of course. But we also utilized 
uh, paid Instagram and Facebook ads, which we saw a lot of great success with. Right. Now, let's first talk about how we did it, and then we're going to talk about um, what we should have done beforehand. So what we did is we did, um, you know, Ollie kind of took the lead on this one. We kept the budget of about, I believe it was $150, and we tested out an ad to see how it performed. So we put it out on Instagram and Facebook. We tested it out for $150 worth. If it didn't perform based on the analytics, we pulled it and we did a different one, right? Yep. Now, my question to you is, you're only as good as the follow-through. So now you're paying for these leads. Let's just say it's 150 bucks, and we actually got a good return on this. But what does the flow look like? Because I know you and I kind of tag team this. So how does that look? So my rule of thumb is you, you have to reach out a minimum of five times before you deem it a dead lead. <laughs> <laughs> so I know it's, it's a lot of legwork, but again, it comes with the strategy. It comes with the, you know, setting aside an hour, hour and a half, two hours per day, however many hours you think is necessary to actually follow up with these individuals, right? Because, I mean, if you're anything like me, I have several different email accounts. You know, if I'm submitting my information because I want to follow up, I may put an email that I don't check on a regular basis. Um, and so, you know, in by sheer nature, it, coming from a sales background, I'm always going to say no right out the gate, even if I want the product. And right. so I'm putting myself right from the get-go in that mindset that, I'm expecting them to say no. I'm expecting them to say that we cost too much. I'm expecting to say they don't have time. And I'm already thinking of ways to overcome that. Right. And so to get to your original question of what that follow-up process looks like, um, I typically will do every other day until I get a response. And I'm very, I'm very blunt now in my messaging, um, especially towards the fourth and the fifth outreach of even if you're not interested, please let me know so I know to stop hassling you. Right, right, and right. And that was something I picked up in college that, that has always worked out well for me because they will even get back to me and say, you know what, it's just not the right time. Right. You know? um, but at least you're getting some type of communication back. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, like my theory is you consistently email on a regular basis, mm -hmm. right, with strategy behind it mm -hmm. until they tell you to stop yep. is, is kind of the theory. Now, five is a good rule of thumb. <clears throat> um, okay, so your first email someone sends a, submits their information on Instagram or Facebook. And for us, again, we were spending 150 bucks. We were doing, we analyzed how it performed based on analytics. And then we, we adjusted accordingly. Mm -hmm. We got a, quite a few leads from that. And I believe that we've signed up maybe what 30 people, um, through those, through those leads in particular. Yep. Mm -hmm. And we spent what do you, we spent 1500,000, 1300. So, I mean, that was a great return for us. Mm -hmm. If our average lifetime value of a member is, let's just say 1500 bucks. I mean, hell, we had a huge return. So someone emails us in, we put it on an Excel spreadsheet, right? Mm -hmm. Where we track them. And then you and I were keeping notes on there. Hey, Jason emailed this day, Brett emailed this day, and we're following up with them. Now in that initial email, what are you saying and how quickly do you want that email to be given to, to the member? So let's just say you submit your information on a whatever time. How many hours do you want to go by before you're reached out minimum or maximum? And what does that email look like? Well, I think I'm going to say maximum 24 hours. I also think the timeliness of the email, if they email an inquiry at midnight on a Saturday um, and we don't get to it by Monday morning, it's not the end of the world, right? right? But if we get it Monday afternoon, we should be responding to them by Monday evening. Right. Um, you know, I think with the two of us where we have seen a decent amount of success is the responses that we get is, you know, thank you for the fast reply, you right. know, because... Think about any time you log on to any fitness website and you submit an inquiry and how many times you don't get followed up with, right? right? Either you fell between the cracks, the salespeople are too busy, 
or they're just burnt out and they don't care. Right. Right. And so the the execution and the, and the timeliness of that response is critical because it shows that you care and it shows that you want to add value to the relationship between NC Fit and their overall fitness journey. Right. I mean, that's step one. So step one is you get an inquiry and you respond in a timely manner because it shows you actually care. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, if you show you care enough, obviously these people are going to be more intrigued by it. Right. I mean, if you respond yeah. on a week later, they're probably going to be less inclined to open, even open the email. Right. They're just like, oh, screw these guys. Now, my email was this, and you can tell me what your email was. My email, and, and I would recommend people to have some type of script, but I think Brett and I have been doing this for so long that we kind of feel it out based on this time, based on what I wanted to say that day. And, you know, mine was, hey, really appreciate you reaching out to NC Fit. We have our new location. We're super excited about it. Um, you know, I'd like to set up a time to discuss your goals and what you're looking for and either meet you in the gym or talk on the phone, right? Mm-hmm. And what that is, is my opportunity <clears throat> to make a personal uh, connection with this person to understand better what they're looking for. And I think once you understand what they're looking for, then you could kind of tailor your approach to get them to be a part of your business. Yep. Because, you know, we believe we're providing a phenomenal product. I know you do. I know I do. I'm sure everybody listening thinks their gym provides a phenomenal product. So you're not selling them something like that, that we don't think they de- they need. Mm-hmm. We believe they need it. And so we're trying to identify what is their kind of, how do you pull at their strings to get, share the information that's going to get them in the door. Well, you first and foremost need to find out what those strings are, right? Everybody's yep. going to have a different string of some kind. Either they're tired of their fitness routine, they don't have a fitness routine, they want to learn more about this type of methodology, um, you know, they want to look good for the summertime, whatever the case may be, right? right. You, for me, my email is always tailored toward getting them through the door, right? Your, right. your standard sales protocol is your job is to make the doors swing and the phones ring, right? <laughs> and so, you know, first and foremost, I'm trying to get people just through the door to actually see the facility, get them to come in so I can ask those questions. If, you know, they're tired of going in and working out by themselves on a treadmill, I'm probably going to start pulling a little bit more so on the community aspect, exactly. right? But if they, if they, let's say, are a member of another, um, I'll just say CrossFit facility and they're, they're used to the community aspect of it. I'm probably not going to use that as my angle, right? I'm going to start differentiating coaching, what we do our, differently. App, our session plans, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and while we're on that topic, I mean, I, I can't stress the urgency enough because I hear it all the time of don't down talk your competition, right? You know, always acknowledge that any form of, especially in this space of fitness is better than nothing, whether they're doing it at home, whether they're walking around a track, um, it, it doesn't really matter. Right. right. And so around here, as you know, we have orange theories, we got soul cycles, we got oh, the everything you and, want. and you only look bad when you badmouth anybody else. Right. right. So someone says, oh yeah, I'm at this place, but it's not that great. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, well, let's talk about, let's talk about us. Let's not worry about them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to say like, oh yeah, those guys I've heard, they have a bad reputation. I've heard they hurt people, whatever. Yep. Cause all you're doing is you're breaking down our industry. Right. And you're looking like a, you're looking like a jerk. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I hear it all the time, you know, especially with the newer team members that we bring on board. Um, when we're working through their elevator pitch, which I think we should get to in a second. Um, you know, they typically will start off with, you know, why, CrossFit's better than any other type of fitness regimen, right? right? I personally am not a fan of that. Again, you can customize your script the way you want to. I think that's actually where you and I might differ a little bit is I will typically have a standard script, right? right? Um, my follow-up will be it's tailored like, based like on their response. It's like you're more organized than me, I guess. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
but I mean, you know, find what works for you. I like the script aspect of it because it's consistent, it's reliable, and I know I, I've taken a lot of time to think through that initial outreach. Right? So on a script, so again, initial outreach, boom. So for me, they respond back, hey, I'd love to come by, try out a class, or I meet with them privately, or I get on the phone with them. Mm-hmm. And now for me, when I get on the phone with them, I'm just asking, hey, so who are you? How did you hear about us? What are you looking for? Just trying to engage with them, learn more about them. Now for you on a script, um, what type of items are you listening? Say you could appropriately kind of, I guess at the end of the day, get them as part of our gym. What, yep. what, what, what would a script look like for, you know, for someone who doesn't have one, but is more structured than I am, or someone who maybe doesn't have as much experience, perhaps and they want to have help with some type of, you know, almost like a, almost like you're interviewing somebody mm-hmm. and you're going through a list of questions. What type of script would you recommend? Yeah. I mean, I think with, for me, put in verbiage that, shows that you truly do appreciate them taking the time to reach out and inquire about more information, right? And so my first paragraph might be three sentences long. I'm introducing myself, my position within the company, um, thanking them for taking the time to submit their information. And then I try to schedule a, a in-person interview first and foremost. And if that does not work, then try to get them on the phone. Worst case scenario. Right. Um, you know, that, that, I don't know. I can't recall my script verbatim off right, the top right, of my right. head because also it, you, you're a busy person. You know, I mean, gym owners are extremely busy. Sales reps are extremely busy. So by having a script and being able to copy and paste, your outreach in the time in which you're going to spend is so much more efficient as opposed to customizing a message every single time you're reaching out to an inquiry. Sure. It's more of just a copy and paste because it, it is a solid message that you took time to think about. Um, then again, if you do, if you're not seeing the responses that you would hope for, yeah, you, you might want to go that. in and reevaluate how how well that that is crafted. That's right. Well, and let's talk about that. So you and I, right? We kind of took the lead together, kind of jokingly on on the on this new sales for Campbell, right? And um, we had a we had a, a, a steak dinner on the line. We still need to see who's converted more people. Brett maybe at this point has, but it's because I was traveling a lot. Um, sure. <laughs> no, no. So, so you and I, we had a you know friendly little wager. Basically, we we're taking in leads that we generated through um, either our organic social media or through our paid social media ads, or through you know again uh, uh, community outreach. Mm-hmm. Now, my recommendation, and I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. My recommendation would be not to pay for ads until you've developed the skills without paying for it. So let me, here's what I mean by that. Before I go out there and I pay for a lead, let's just say even that lead was $10, $20, $100, whatever it may be, each lead, I need to develop a set of skills to learn how to talk to this person. And if I'm learning while I'm paying, that's, you know, it's almost like going to school for free is a great example. You just go down to the street, go knock on a business and start learning how to better articulate your business and who you are and what you're doing. Yep. So my recommendation, and I don't know if you differ from this, would be, hey, before we even talk about um, paid leads, let's get outside your business, go next door to a local business, get outside your business, go to apartment complexes, go hang door flyers, and then start tracking your leads on an Excel spreadsheet, mm-hmm. right? Track, track, track. Because if you're not tracking it, you don't know, just like you got to track cancellations. Then you could do the paid ads. Yep. I think it, that just comes with experience. You know, I mean, you can read as many... <clears throat> motivational quotes as you would like, read as many sales books as you would like, as many sales articles as you want. They're all over the place, right? All but over. at the end of the day, everybody's going to have a different sales strategy that works. Jason's is different than mine. Mine's going to be different than somebody else's. Um, but you need to find what 
you can do to capture somebody's attention very quickly, um, whether it be through facts, whether it be through your energy, and and make sure that that works. And the only way that you're going to be able to do that is by going out and not physically, but metaphorically getting bloody, right? <laughs> you know, walk into a business, um, you're going to fall on your face. It's going to be awkward as hell. Um, right. But I promise you that's the only way to make that work. I mean, I started... My first job in college was door-to-door sales of Tupperware and knives. Ah, and, I remember that. And his mom bought a Jason's mom bought a juicer from me, by the yeah. way. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I, that was such a great experience because after you got out of your original yep. friend's circle, you were now kind of out in the wild, right? right? And, and you had to deal with those objective, you know, yeah. obje- objections and all those different things, right? Yeah. And it's, it's scary walking up to somebody's door and knocking. I remember the first time I just stared at it, you right. know, and it's like, you, you don't know what to do. You're, you're, you're thinking about every wrong scenario right. possible. And then at the end of the day, the worst case scenario is they tell you, you no. Right. You know? And you just got to start a conversation. I think, you know, one thing, especially in the CrossFit space, is there's like this negative stigma on the word sales or in general. Because yeah. a lot of times people think about sales as like salesy. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm passionate about our product. I truly believe we change people's lives. I'm sure every owner listening to this believes the same. And if they don't, they need to just shut their door. Yep. Right. So it's my duty now to go share that message with as many people as humanly possible. I'm not selling them anything I don't believe in, right? It's, it's, I believe this is going to get you in the best shape of your life. You should come and try it, but I need to learn how to get through these, these objections. I remember when I was in a, you know, I was in college, similar to you, I was working at the sales desk and you'd have so many people every day who come walking in for a gym membership and there was always different objections and you had to get through them, right? Mm-hmm. Like the cost. Okay, well, let's talk about some, you know, let's talk about why the v- value we're putting on it, right? Because at the end of the day, cross membership, let's just say 200 bucks a month or whatever it may be. Sure, is it expensive? Yeah, but if you, if you place enough value on it and if you build enough reasons why we, we, should, we should cost that amount, then it's no longer an objection, right? Yep. And my big thing is we always want to earn people's business. So for us, one thing I want to touch base on is what promotions we did for May. And we did the $99 for May, right? Mm-hmm. So that was for us with the new location. One of the promotions we did online was for the month of May, it's $99. After that, it goes to our traditional, you know, pricing of $219 and $239, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a good, I thought that was a good ad. I, what did you think about it? I mean, it's a good way to get people in the door, right? But I also think that if you focus specifically on promotions and that is the only way that you can get people through the door, yeah, it's it's a short-term solution to a bigger issue. That's you right. know, I think your most valuable members will come from, obviously, member referrals, right? Make your members your best sales reps, right? But, I mean, I think for all intents and purposes, if you are opening a new space, I think a promotion like that to get people through the door so you can then build that start building that trust which may have been a longer road um to at least you know get some bodies in there uh i think it's effective um i just i'm always cautioning businesses to focus primarily on promotions and um running any type of special deals i think it causes animosity amongst members who maybe didn't get access to that particular deal Uh, um and then they also feel like they got shorted yeah yep and yeah, I mean, you know, Bentley never runs sales, right? It's That's, because they believe in their product. And I feel, you know, we're, I know we're the same way. Um, but I mean, again, I, I think a promotion, if your main prerogative is to get people through the door for a limited period of time, always put a time cap on it. Because yep. if it's just open-ended, then it kind of loses its flavor. Right. Um, 
you know, it can be effective. Just don't rely on it. Yeah, I mean, so that, that's a really good point. I want to touch base on two things. One that you said was your members are your best um, sales salespeople, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what that goes down to is, look, you could have the best sales strategy in the world. You could have great online presence. You could do social media. You could do whatever you need to do. You could follow up with them really, really well. But if they come in, they're not getting serviced well, all that is is out the door. Mm-hmm. So rule number one is you got to have a great product on the floor. You got to have a great facility. You got to have a great you know personality behind it, good mayor when they come in. But if you have all those things and no one's coming in your doors, right? Let's just assume you're dialed in. People are loving you, but you only have 30 people loving you. Then you got to get outside and go tell the rest of the world about it. Yeah. Well, also ask the 30 people, why why is it only 30 people? You know, I mean, I think surveying your members regularly um, about the facility, about the quality of the product, what they want to see is ultimately going to put you in a position for growth because now you are soliciting feedback from paying members on how to improve. So, you know, town halls are something that we kind of picked up over the course of this past year. Um, I think those can be effective. Uh, We do surveys to all of our member bases twice a year to find out what type of new equipment they want, how do they feel the coaching quality has been, how, how does our front desk staff make them feel. Right. You know, those questions are extremely important because then you can take that data and, number one, fine tune what it is that you're offering and which will ultimately lead to more foot traffic. Right. And I, so, so that's a really valid point. You know, one thing we cannot not place enough importance on is that if your business is not doing very well right now, again, you could create all the sales strategies you want, but there's probably something not going on correctly in the gym. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Now, assuming there's something going on, everything is going on good in the gym, right? Then now here's a great opportunity. And when you talk about these initial new locations, that's the only time that we create these promotions as a sense of urgency because we want to get new bodies in the door. Yep. And we've seen great success with that, right? I mean, right now we're a week in and you know, my, my goal is that at the first month of our Campbell location, you know, I'd like to be creeping on towards a hundred new members. That'd be mm-hmm. a great goal. And I think for any new business, if you can, if you can creep on getting close to about 50, that's a phenomenal goal. Right. And, and now that 50 people can tell more people can tell more people, et cetera. Yep. So I think, you know, we got about two and a half minutes left on this AMRAP. What I'd like to share just kind of like to summarize is sales, just like anything is a skill. And you need to develop this skill about learning to talk to people. And you could learn it just by going and talking, knocking on your neighbor's door and telling them about your business. And you shouldn't feel like you're selling anything. You should sell like this is your, this is what you love. Go tell them about what you love. There's nothing sales about it. You're just sharing your passion. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, if you're not good at that, or if you don't feel like you can do that, that's fine. But you need to identify someone who can go share your message with people because you chose to open up a business. You're not just a coach. You're a business owner. So you either need to identify someone to go share a message or you should go do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And make sure your product on the floor is legit. Make sure everything is going good and that you're systematically approaching each lead and making sure that you're tracking notes so that this way you can follow up with them similar to the way you would with the cancellation. I think those are those are big takeaways is get outside the gym, get comfortable, then maybe start looking at paid ads. And if you're not comfortable, find someone who is. Yep. And the luxury of working in the fitness industry is everybody's a lead. Everybody is curious. Everybody's a lead. In, in, in the fitness industry. And so everybody wants to learn more about how to improve their lives, um, to be more successful in whatever avenue of life that they're looking to pursue. And we have the benefit of, of offering such a tremendous product that, you know, it's an easy sell. You know, and if you go out there and you you introduce yourself to your neighbors, to local businesses, 
And if they, they kick you out, go back two months later. And if you're not comfortable to do it, find someone, pay that person to go out there and do it for you because it's a lot of low-hanging fruit right outside that door. You just got to go do it. And man, I think you summarized that really, really well. I mean, we're not Gucci. We're not, we're not Ferrari, right? We are, we are something where every person in this world needs some type of fitness. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to go out there and we need to go share that message with people. And we could find a cost-effective way to do it if we could build enough value in it, right? We're not some commodity. We're a necessity. And so let's, uh, let's go keep spreading the word. Let's go tell more people about what we're doing. And I hope you guys, um, enjoyed this episode of, um, you know, sales and marketing. Brett has a lot of experience. I think he shines a really good perspective on this. And my, my feedback to you is get out there and go share your passion with people. And, uh, and Brett, I want to thank you for being on today. You and I have known each other a long time. I remember when you were selling Tupperware back to my mom (laughs) and, uh, Oh, man, we developed a lot of skills. So thanks again, brother. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Cool. Thanks, guys.